0: Hi guys and welcome to episode 13 of The Dreamer's Disease, my name is Alex and on each episode we'll hear the story of someone who is very inspirational and out in the world creating their own path and doing something that they really love. This week I'm joined by someone whose journey I've been following for the last couple of years and really seen her grown and go on leaps and bounds is the very incredible Caroline SM who is an A&R at XL Records and also one of the head honchos at GRN Daily which is one of the UK's biggest urban music websites. On the episode Caroline shares her amazing journey from start to finish to current day you know leaving out no details but fully in depth and it's an incredible story of someone who's just so passionate about what they do and a worker the highest rate to to ensure that she can complete anything that she wants to do and there's a lot of great stuff to take from the episode. She talks about the importance of mentors in her life and why she's focusing in the next year or so on happiness above her work and what habits she's put into place to make sure that she can be at her most effective during the day. So before we jump in, I'd like to thank anyone who's listened so far. If you do like what you hear, you can head over to the Apple Podcast app, search Dreamers Disease, hit that subscribe button, and also if you can leave a review, it's an amazing way for me to connect with you guys to hear what you think of each of the episodes. So without any further ado, let's jump straight in and hear Caroline's story. Hey guys, so I'm joined by the amazing Caroline SM for this week's episode. Hey guys. How's it going?
1: Fantastic. How are
0: you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. I'm just, yeah, weekend recovery mode, basically.
1: I totally feel that, yeah. as I just told you, off yeah. the air. Yeah. I'm definitely struggling today.
0: Exactly. So it's ba- Monday, you got to make it count. Yeah, we're both in the same boat, so we'll, we'll pull through this together. But um, to kick things off, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Um, I do a lot of things, but the thing that I guess people may know me as is an A&R, um, I work at a record label called XL Recordings, Uh, it's an independent record label, um, I've also sort of started this thing called New Gen a few years back now, um, which branches into the live side, so it shows, we have a radio show called New Gen Radio on Radar, um, and also, yeah, we do some other things, we did it, we made an album earlier this year, um, I guess there's so much random stuff that I could tell you, but I guess mm. that's the most important stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Well, we'll come onto it all and we'll, we'll delve into it a bit deeper in a, in a sec. But what would you say was your first real steps into your career, like in the music world? Because obviously you started out or kind of started out at Grom Daily.
1: Yeah, as... I did a lot before that. That was the, that's all the side of it that people probably don't know yeah. or aren't aware of. They only see when you're like more in their faces, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, I actually started in radio by accident. Well, I was obsessive Choice FM. Well, formerly Choice FM, now Capital Extra. When it was Choice, and was definitely way more G up than it is now. But, um, but I was obsessed with listening to it from when I was kind of young. I like played it in my room every single day. Um, and then one morning, I was listening to it at like seven a.m. as I did before school, and there was like a random competition. And I was like, and I didn't actually know what it was to win, but I just knew it was a competition. It sounded fun, but I don't, I've never entered a competition in my life before this. So I rang up and I got through to like play the competition, still didn't know what it was and it was like hip hop knowledge and I had like a very good like hip hop. Pop cultural knowledge at that point. I was like obsessed with blogs because I listened to Choice FM so much. I was obsessed with Max, who had a show on there before. She used to have everyone on there, like Chip, Retch, all of that. She was like very in the know of rap at that time. um And so, I guess I, I played a competition and I won against the other person. It was two two player. Obviously, this is a long winded story. Basically, I ended up winning five days in a row, um Monday to Friday, and the prize for this trip for this thing was a trip to Atlanta to a music conference yeah but I don't at that point care about going to Atlanta or this music conference but they kind of messed up because I was 17 or 16 at the time and basically I think I was 16 um no yeah I was 16 because they were like yeah the whole time I told them how old I was they were like it's cool it's cool it's cool you can go and then obviously it's America. You have to be at least 21 to be there. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh yeah, now the woman's telling us you can't go. But they kind of like, I guess, maybe broke their T's and C's. So um, they tried to give me like another prize to make up for it where they were like, you can go to any concert you want for a year. Obviously, I was gassed and I was like, this is the sickest thing ever. But just because I had like, like I had a very good pop knowledge of, of hip hop culture, yeah. So I'm like, sick, I've won this out of this. And then at the time, I really needed work experience um, at school. And I was, because I was so obsessed with choice, all I ever wanted to do was understand it. So then I was just cheeky and asked them for work experience, yeah? And they had to say yes because they actually were in a kind of hands-tied situation, which yeah. I joked about with the boss of this at the time after all this. Um, but they, um, so they let me do, come do work experience as well. And I mean, like, I'm a, I'm like a working person. Like, I love working. I always have done. I've had a job since I was like 11 years old. From the minute I could earn money or earn something for myself. Do you know what I mean? And do stuff for myself. So um, I remember being so obsessed with it, I would go there, I would leave my house. I don't live in London. I'd leave my house and get on the first train from where I live to go to, I think it's Leicester Square. What is it, Leicester Square? Uh, where the global building is.
0: Golden Square? I think it's one
1: of the, all the cinemas in it it's Leicester Square yeah so I got up the the earliest train I could I'm walking through Leicester Square and it's all the drunk people still from the morning before I go into Global and this is like the most gassed up thing for me in the entire world because I'm in like a radio station that has like Capital FM and all these other things I'm literally so gassed cannot even take me out of this zone of gassness. meanwhile I'm actually still in school as well so um so I got, went in there for the breakfast show when Kojo and Jade Avia had the breakfast show store, um, And I'd go in there from then and then I'd be like the last person to leave. I did not want to leave. So I was there for like the entire day from like 6am to like 8pm. As late as I possibly could doing any job I possibly could do for anyone. Just shadowing, learning so much. And um, it was so crazy because I was so obsessed with it. I even knew there... I knew they're scheduling back to front. Like I could tell you, even though it's based on algorithms, what song is going to play after what song. So I remember like, I think Kojo and Jade were going to like interview 50 Cent and Neo that week. This like was the biggest thing in the world to me. You have to understand that like, I'm standing next to 50 Cent and I can't breathe. I took a picture of Neo. I was like the coolest person in the world that week. <laughs> so I was definitely what I got, what I think you call the radio bug. Um, and then funnily enough, obviously I ended up going to a lot of concerts too that year. So that was yeah. kind of lit for me. Like, you know, it was fun. Um, and then funnily enough, the woman who had the music conference in Atlanta, um, the, basically had told me I could pass it on to someone else the prize. And at the time my sister was 21. So I gave so by the time this all come out, yeah, my sister must have been 21. I was probably 17 at this point. So I said to my sister, You you may as well just go to Atlanta, because mm. I'm already doing all this stuff. You go Atlanta, because she was very into music. Like I got my music taste from her. Yeah. So I said, You go to crack on. So my sister then starts speaking to the woman, and she's from Camden, but she lives in ATL, so this is all like a mad story. Um, and then she's like oh, we already spent a budget for, for the competition winners because we thought it was void. Like, we didn't yeah. know. Um, but are you in, like, let me let me do something to make up to you. When I come back to London, let's link up and we'll find something, you know, that you can do. Um, and so imagine the woman comes to London. I'm saying to my sister, well, I want to come meet her too. Like, let's go meet her together. <laughs> so then me and my sister go meet her. And she's like, listen, like, I'm looking for interns. I want to run, I want to create a blog in the meantime of my conferences once a year I want to have a blog that's all year round and it was funny because I just started my own blog mm. like I actually had a music blog which was mad obviously illegal these times it was very pre-DSPs like you're not having Spotify and shit like that these times um so it was like I mean Spotify definitely existed but no one was using it so I had like all my illegal download links every time a song leaked I'd throw it straight yeah. on there like I'll I was obsessive, I was an obsessive music blogger, like I figured out WordPress, had my blog page, I got like probably 20 hits a day or something, but it was sick, so I just loved it, everything about this was just like fueling me, I was so gassed off of like everything doing music, and I just love music, so it made me so happy, Um, and then so the woman, we met her, and then funnily enough, obviously because I knew WordPress already, I started this blog for her, with my sister and then we both just started running it and then we just found all these little writers, you know, just to help contribute yeah. online. I don't know where we found them, Twitter or something. I just, like, I was obsessed with social media already. So then we actually started to create, like, kind of a popping website and basically I always tried to, like, sneak back into um sneak back into Choice. Like, I'd ask them to work do work experience all the time at this point. So I was just skipping sick form now to go into Choice and work as much as I could. And then they kind of made me a runner there so when people would come in, like, say, I remember Misha B coming in and she was, like, doing something for them. So I would, like, look after Misha B or whatever it is. So at this point, I met a guy called Iron, who's a radio Mm -hmm. blogger. And I thought I was a radio producer because obviously the way I was looking after artists and I think I looked a bit older than I look yeah. now. So um, I took my email and added me to his mailing list. This is when artists used to do press days. Mm-hmm. I don't really think they do them anymore. No, like at so like the Wise Buddha joint or whatever that place is called. Um, and they used to do press days there. So every, all the press would come there to do an interview like everyone it was so weird so for radio so iron started adding me and inviting me to these things not knowing that i wasn't actually a producer but then i was cheeky one time and just took the opportunity and just i said oh, i'm gonna come but obviously i was doing it for the blog not for the yeah. not for any radio thing so when i came we did the interview then I must have asked me what it was for afterwards and i told him but i think iron respected that i was like trying to hustle yeah so he was like you know what because it's my company I'm going to let you carry on doing this mm. it's cool because I like what you and your sister are doing you're working hard or whatever and I mean I got a massive big up by and and because if he hadn't done that I definitely wouldn't ever have it you know things are like a rippling effect if he hadn't let yeah. me do that I would never have got some other in some rooms that I got into do you yeah. know what I mean so um so we interviewed everyone like you name it across the board wretchly for all these people who are like champions to me um and yeah those things they helped us you know we made a lot of relationships into a lot of people the blog was like like i mean it wasn't popping it wasn't grm or, or yeah. sp tv or something but you know we had a little following on there whatever um and then in in return for running this website which was actually really difficult whilst i was in school and there was a lot of mm. pressure on us to do it well um she was she was like paying us inverted commas by sending us to her conference events okay around but to work at her conference events so the first one i remember was um in new york and it was like a launch for her atlanta event and it was funny because it was like the the date that she wanted us to go was that day before my uh, economics exam for okay. my a levels and obviously my attendance was already very very shit it was like 50 percent because i was just doing music stuff all the time and my mum was like I was like, "Mom, can I please go? Like, I need to go." And she was like, "Oh, you know what? You're gonna do whatever you want to do, anyways. So I may as well support mm. you. Do you know what I mean?" And So big up her. But I went to um, I went to New York, did did this conference thing with my sister. It was so sick. We met loads of people. Um, you know that started to form my New York relationships. That actual trip because there were so many influential people yeah. in the room. People I met those that day I still talk to now, and this is what like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, so. It was an amazing experience, and and I guess like from there she took us to Atlanta. I mean the story kind of like is like a mad story. I met um we were at some event. I met Sarah Harrison, amazing DJ. Um Sarah at the time was being managed by Mega Man, and um we wanted and Sarah's a trap DJ. We wanted her to be the host DJ of the Atlanta event because she was from London, which played trap music. So we managed to convince Mega Man the first time I've ever met him. So we managed to convince him to let Sarah come with us to ATL so we all go to ATL I'm mad young like I'm literally like 18 or whatever I may, I got a fake ID made because I wanted to be in the clubs yeah. doing what I wanted to do and um and yeah that was like pretty much where stuff just was seeming mental to me like that's when I realized real levels yeah because like literally where where Julia I big her up by the way as well who ran ran the music conference she um, had us around a lot of very influential people, like Mm. very influential in Atlanta, like managers and publishers and I mean, if me now was to go back there, I feel like I could make a lot a lot of money out of, yeah, out yeah. of attending those sort of things. But at the point, I was just some fresh kid who just didn't know anything. Yeah. Probably didn't even know what publishing was or, you know, record companies really were or whatever. So we were just helping her coordinate them, you know, getting on the phone, calling artists, making sure they were coming, like, you know, yeah. shit like that. So I think I learned loads of those times and also just experienced mad life. Like, you know, I was in the strip clubs doing meetings at like 18. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't normal what we were doing, so... When we came back from there, I think we'd been out at, what's that that place called in Camden? Everyone used to go to on a Friday night. Some venue, basically, in the the stables part. But everyone used to go there. Love Doe, that's what it was called, Love Doe, yeah. And we always used to go there every Friday with Sarah. One time she introduced me to Poet. And again, big up Poet. Like, these are some key people in my life that have really changed my life. Poet. And I became, you know, tight. Because I think we've been in America one of the times Mm. at the same time as well. And obviously, meantime in all of this, I'm am at am actually at sick form, and I have like three other jobs. Yeah, like I'm running someone's social media for them, who's like local to me, has like a hair company or yeah. something. Um, I was working in a news agent. I was literally doing whatever I could to get money to be able to do what I was doing. Like I really, really, really had to work to be able to like facilitate this whole weird life where I definitely wasn't I wasn't making money for this woman. Like I was interning. So um, so then. After that, I guess me and poet became tight, and he kind of just like admired, I guess, me trying to hustle as well. Yeah. So, at this point, by the time I finished, uh, by the time I finished um, sick form, I couldn't go to uni. I just wasn't not on it at all. I just wanted to work full time, make money, and just be able to, yeah. you know, do what I wanted to do. Did you
0: Did you already know at this point you wanted to jump straight into? music
1: I'd already jumped like oh, I think yeah. I, I think I was already there Like I was already yeah. at that point how can I go back when this life is so fun yeah like because it was so fun it was difficult yeah. and it was jarring because I was already coming across jarring situations but it was so fun and it was like at that super new point where there's so much happening so I guess then when I met poet he started like telling me to come places with him to meet people which I respect so highly and I know he's done that for so many people he's a good he's actually a really good person so um then also, yeah, at this point, Sarah Harrison got a radio show on Bang, which she asked me to produce. So mm-hmm. then I was producing her radio show there. I was running around with Poet. Poet used to be managed by Pierre, who was a co founder yeah. of Grime Daily with Posty. Um, and so uh, Poet always used to take me into the GRM office because he'd have to go see Pierre's about stuff. And then at that point, obviously, I'm still running that blog website for the music conference. And I think at that point, UK the UK scene wasn't where it is now no. and I, and there wasn't there wasn't that much activity to be posting about like GRM was not easy for them to post a lot of yeah. UK content because there was no real UK content so I think at that point they were they were interested in the idea of just kind of like doing a bit more US content and because that's kind of I was doing both at the time and yeah. I had great knowledge of the US now I have no idea what's going on there but at the time I had I was very switched on to it because Sarah's radio show was a trap show as well so Pierre had asked me if I wanted to. Um, Get on board to write some US coverage for yeah. them because uh, they were kind of lacking that, and so I was like, "Yeah, cool, whatever." And and we kind of started talking about him, but because I ran a website with a big team, mm. I, even though you know I was young, or whatever, I knew how to manage writers quite well. And um, I think there was one time when me and there was a guy called Toby, big up Toby too. He um he is he writes for complex, um and amazing journalist, and he used to be the editor at GRM at this time. And I remember Toby uh, told them that he was going to leave and go to Complex because um, Complex was launching in a couple of weeks, and so they were like to me, "Could because you know how to run, literally run a website, like yeah. as in like even down to the basics of like actually understanding WordPress and all this stuff. You know, you know a lot about music. I mean, honest, honest truth, I didn't know everything. Yeah. Like I genuinely didn't, and also I didn't grow up through." the grime era I understand whether anyone else did I genuinely didn't I was too young um you know like I caught the tail end of it like the chip the chip stuff the tiny wifey rhythm um you know some of the bits of Kana and whatnot but I probably was in that age bracket where it was turning poppy Mm -hmm. so I didn't have the most phenomenal knowledge on it and I'll never lie and say I did but I had a good enough knowledge of it and yeah. I was very switched on to the new stuff that was coming through like all the new artists that I was seeing like the Stormsies and sections and yeah. shit like when they were doing their little freestyles so that's yeah. what I was more and switched wh- on where to. were you
0: seeing those artists popping up
1: YouTube yeah. uh, they're all popping on YouTube and I mean like and and that was kind of what happened so then I guess after that I uh they asked me to fill in just whilst they were looking for someone else but because I could do the job, it ended up kind of becoming a permanent position, which yeah. you know I feel like at the time people were a bit confused about mm. in, in the wider industry, which is okay. And, and was this that. was
0: this a full time position at this point, or was it? Were you still doing other stuff as well? I was well? still
1: doing other stuff because it wasn't enough money. Do you know what I mean? Like there just wasn't money in in the music like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the our scene C didn't not have money in it like that. So at that point, I had to do all my other jobs still. I was doing everything I possibly could do. So um, I was doing that and then I guess it became more permanent and I guess, you know what, yeah, a few people didn't like it, but that's cool because no one's going to like every every decision. I understand, you know, perception is is a massive thing in this day and age. It's like how can this young white girl from Surrey be running Jerome Daily's website? Like, it's so wrong. But, you know, and I made a few mistakes in that, process of with the website but I still Mm. feel like we were responsible for bringing through a lot of new talent at that time and showcasing it and I'm not afraid to say that um so yeah then I guess from that point I started meeting a lot of artists or connecting with a lot of artists which made me very aware of incredible new talent that was coming through so like from Stormzy's to Jay Huss's to whoever it is, Bonkers, Avelino, all these artists like I was creating content on YouTube just so we can make stormsy content. There's like four different pieces of random content on, on Jerem's YouTube that's all sick just so we could do stuff with storms. Cause I just like, I thought he was amazing, like a yeah. champ. And this was so early. Like, there was something called bagels and shots. Cause I was cool with Peter Rosenberg from all these travels and trips and whatnot. And then I was cool with storms. And I see Rosenberg tweet something about. Stormzy really yeah. early as so like, cool storms I'm like listen if I can create a piece of content or something that you and Rosenberg can do together would you be up for it and he was like yeah man I'm down um you know he had a lot he had a lot less time constraints those yeah, times yeah, I bet. so uh <laughs> so we did that we did like this interview show with him and Chucky we did like the um Dying Daily thing like you know we did bear shit mm. and I was just trying to do new cool fly stuff for for the new people that were coming through um and I guess from there I mean, I have to big up Post and massively because they just allowed me to support these artists without questioning. Um, from there,
0: and how much of an input did those guys have at that at that point as well?
1: What on my life, or in what?
0: In in how you're running things via the website and um, the content and all that. They had that. loads of
1: impact because you know we always had disagreements. Mm. There was never there was never not a disagreement, but you know. I guess maybe at that point I was, I was so unjaded by anything. Like I literally would do or try anything because I didn't care or know about the repercussions of things. I just felt like this is really sick. This is really cool. We should be supporting it. It was really actually completely unbiased at that point. It was music is music. As you go through the industry, you start to un, without even realizing it become biased about things. At that point I had no bias. I had no allegiance alliances, whatever like this was just what I was trying to do. Um, so I guess at that point as well, a lot of what I would call the more like executive level music industry people who didn't really maybe know how to connect with the people who are of my age bracket who were coming through. Um, they would all hit me up. Mm. But it's cool because I, I really respect that. Like there were some really amazing people that hit me up really early, like Austin. um yeah, formerly head of music at One Extra, now at Spotify, running shit. Um, you know, loads of people. Ricky Blue, Twin B, like all these people, they were hitting me up mad mm. early. And another one of those people was a guy called Anthony, who is now my business partner. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was doing just loads of, anything that I could do, I was doing. I was producing now two radio shows. I had, There was one on Roundhouse Radio with with Craig Mitch. There was one on um, Bang FM. I was just trying to do everything so I could mm. learn Maybe I was doing too much. Who knows? But at least I was. Try- I was just trying to see what I like, didn't like, um, and then I guess I started getting into more management stuff by accident. I started working with Bonkers really early on, just before he made. Before he made, we were on the block, and then I took him to the Heavy Tracker Studio, um, and I became quite tight with all that South London yeah. lot, basically. Um, so I became very close with Bonkers and Rens, who all three of us sat in a car and invented new gen Live, Like it was never me by myself. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so that was actually invented on the day that we were driving to the heavy tracker studio to make, we were on the block. So I started working with bonkers. And then, um, after that, uh, there was a lot of label interest in signing the tune so we end up doing a deal with um, Danny and Target. I pitched up in Sony, which was my first real label experience, yeah. which was really crazy. And then that's when I started working with Anthony because he started co-managing Bonkers. And then he really took the lead role in that because I didn't know what I was doing mm. in a record label. And then um, and then I see this, this guy, Jay Huss, on YouTube... And I thought he was fucking sick. I saw his um, his freestyle on GRM post. He must have showed it to me before it came out. And I was like, "This is so wild. I don't know who this guy is, but his confidence is not normal." And at this point, everyone's breaking through YouTube. It's not the same as it is now. Like Mm. they were really breaking, breaking through YouTube freestyles. So I see hustlers. I think this guy is sick. I follow them, followed him, hit him up. And I start getting quite tight with him and his managers. Like you know, they didn't know how to operate certain things as you wouldn't when you're new to yeah. the industry I was just fortunate I've been in it a little while now and I had dealt with the bonkers situation with the label whatever and so um I became close to Kilo and Mo amazing 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 young talented managers and we're all the same age you know what I mean so um so then when labels started hitting them up to sign Haas yeah they were like can you come on board with us um you know, and help us with this situation because we just, you know, they were so smart in knowing that they didn't know yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the most intelligent thing you could possibly do is just realize that you don't know everything. Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't know anything, but they felt like because of the bonkers situation, I knew enough to help them with the label stuff. So then at that point, we went to all the label meetings and kind of picked who would be the most appropriate for us to be signed to. Um, And, you know, he was definitely very troubled early on but he's the most one of the most talented people Mm. I've ever met in my entire life so all that shit doesn't even matter do you know what I'm saying so then we signed Huss to Black Butter and Sony because that that team really really cared about him a lot and you know then had all the tribulations between Bonkers and Huss to be honest between both of them it was a bit of a mental rocky road that was going on um but you know I, I I pride myself on loyalty through any situation so um, we worked through those things, and you know, that's what it is. um And then after that, I think we, we made some project on GRM. I'd like thought of this thing to launch the SoundCloud when SoundCloud was popping. I wanted a GRM SoundCloud. I felt like we were behind with that. So I made up a project called New Gen 10. Mm-hmm. So I picked like 10 people who I thought were sick on the come up. So, like A2, actually, Hus was on there as well. Bonkers, Rens. I was like Jevon. It's funny now because these yeah. are all people I, I've worked with, but people I thought were the most talented and got a song off them each like an original song um and then we, I made like a like an advent calendar basically every day for like 14 days or some shit seven days I don't know whatever it was oh 10 days sorry my bad check shit um so we did 10 days and kind of like profiled all these artists and and it kind of went from there and from that idea you know we've been doing the new gen live shows a couple of times we'd had everyone perform at yeah. this point like everyone, and they were going off, and then Gavin hit me from Radar. He wanted us to do a new gen radio show. And also by this time, by the way, I dropped out of all the other stuff I was doing. So the the music conference stuff I stopped doing. Um, the GRM stuff at this point I was still doing, but all that other like radio producing yeah. and stuff I had to stop. So then, um, then what happened is I started doing the radio show on Radar. It became like quite popular. You know, we did a lot of cool stuff. We still do. Um, and then me and Rent thought of this idea, like, we wanted to make, like, a mixtape of all of our favourite artists, like, everyone that was coming through, but I felt like that maybe went against the point of everything we believed in, which was putting more money in people's pockets. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, as we say, this, like, music game has only become lucrative now. Like, it was not lucrative a few years ago. So, we were like, mm, can't really make a mixtape, doesn't really work like that. Like, so, let's make an album. We didn't know how to make a fucking album. No one knows how to make an album, so we had this idea for a new gen album. We had this amazing picture that Courtney Francis took at one of the new gen live shows and it had everyone in it. it had like Storms, Avellino, Bonks, um, Rens, Six. It had like loads of people in it, like loads of our pals as well. And it was just so cool that I was like, we have to like, we have to use this picture. Is this mm. is an album cover. So, um, so we had like an album cover mocked up, we had a concept of who we wanted on it, how we were going to record it, we were going to have three producers, we were going to do it in a specific type of way, have everyone come to our studio, we like fantasise about how we would make this album, and then randomly, XL hit me up, out of the blue, the head of AR, Imran, he hit me and he wanted to have a meeting about one of the artists I was working with, and um, so I took a meeting with him, and the artist I worked with was already signed, so it was pointless, but we would talk about some other shit. Yeah. And we just started talk about loads of things. Music, basically. And then after that, he'd asked me to come back for a meeting with Ben, who's the MD here. But I still wasn't really cottoning on what talk was going on. I was yeah, used yeah. to having meetings with random labels and A&Rs and whatnot. And then Ben had asked me to come back for another meeting. And then he asked me to have a meeting with Richard Russell. And then I'm starting to think this is getting a bit weird because yeah. Richard Russell like, is the owner of XL. Yeah. Obviously a massive legend. You don't just go and meet Richard. Yeah. And so, at this
0: point, had you thought about a career... You
1: at know. a label? Not really. I kind of hated labels at that point. Like, I hated Sony. I mean, I don't hate anymore because I'm a bit yeah. more grown up, but yeah, yeah. I definitely hated Sony at the time and I was not into majors because of what I felt like they were doing to artists. But then again, the whole scene has changed. So I got my opinion then will not be the same opinion as yeah. I have now. So um, so that was just my opinion at the time. I wasn't really interested, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was quite happily and content doing what I was doing. Um, and then I guess... They offer they offered me a job. Um, and that was I hadn't really told them about any of the new gen stuff. Mm. It was really weird. And so then in the meeting where they offered me a job, I was like, Oh yeah, by the way, I've got this album yeah. that I want to release. But actually I had because I was around a few different label people, I had a couple offers on the table for the album, but I was happily gonna do it independently. Yeah. I had a couple of job offers from label people, I had a couple of album offers for the album, like paperwork and shit. I wasn't really interested. There was some paperwork I was sitting on for like four months. Mm. I really wasn't that. I wasn't that interested in the idea of it. I was really like team independent at that yeah, point. Yeah. So um, then I guess because it was Excel and because of everything they stand for, and you know the way that they approach a the conversation was so correct. I was like, "You lot are so independent, and you're such g's. Like you really are the best." Yeah. So I have to not disregard this conversation, and it was funny because somebody at the time told me that you know like go go get a label deal instead because you can do that at this point because you've actually been responsible or helped to be responsible for some important signings now like and the thing is these were conversations that could have been on the table do you know what i'm saying so then um anthony was like to me nope go to excel like this is where you're going to learn the most you can't don't don't run before you've walked do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you could do that but you're 21 years old it's not going to end well because yeah. you need experience to do those things. And I was like, cool, I just trusted Ant. And I was like, I always trust Ant. If Ant tells me some shit, I he's probably the only person in the world who tell me some shit, and I won't do it if he tells me not to. So then when he said that, I'm like, cool. So then I put, in that meeting, I actually had a presentation, because I have to, I'm like a visualized person. So I actually did like a whole keynote on how, how we were going to make this album for myself and I just showed it to Ben in here and he's like wow okay this feels like very culturally important like we want to be a part of science culture imagine their
0: eyes lighting up I mean
1: like it was just like it was weird you know like it wasn't I just felt like that was a a lining of the stars and I wasn't Mm. I didn't even I wasn't ready for I didn't know that was gonna happen um and then so from there uh, we kind of decided that I would start at Excel, but they're in the middle of the 25 release with Adele. So it was very mental times over here. Um, So I, I was like, cool, I'm going to start in January because mm-hmm. I felt like a fresh time to start whatever now. So I've actually known I was going to come to Excel for like two months before, but I didn't tell anyone. Like I probably yeah. told my mum, my sister and aunt, That's all, the, yeah. and my lawyer, they're the only people that knew. And so I tried to keep that super under wraps because I felt like it was quite a big deal. And so obviously when I started... Um I think this company's amazing because they don't tell you to stop doing what else you're doing. They said to me, Stay at GRM. Yeah. Stay at here just as long as you're based there, because I was fine. And I was like, Wow. So I have like the best of everywhere because mm. everywhere else everyone else that offered me a job, so you have to quit everything else yeah. you're doing.
0: Do this full time and exactly. consume bias and all this kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. So I was like, Wow, these lot are amazing. So when I started when I started here, it was pretty much like day one I came in the office and day two I went into the studio to start recording. And that was it. Like the whole year I spent the whole of last year I spent in the studio. Um literally we worked every single day on the new Gen album. Like the whole team did an amazing job. Like Rens executive produced it because I just knew he had an ear. I watched him help, I watched him help Bonkers make we were on the block and I said, "I know this guy has a sick ear." So he executive produced it with me and Ant. Um and then we had Jevon Nige, Um so uh and they produced the whole thing. And so I was like, cool, this is just dope. This is like a fun process. We recorded most of it at Red Bull. And it was just amazing because all these artists came in and um and just kinda like were a part of our process. And so that was just the experience in itself, to be honest with you. Maybe the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, but mm. definitely an experience. And then um and then after that, well, it was I had a random meeting one day one time in my office with Morgan Keys. Um and he was, was quite funny, and I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story, but it was entertaining. We were, we were sitting in the office, and he's like, um, we're talking, because he's at this point, you know, having massive success at yeah. Western. He's just got an A&R consultancy job at Epic, and Sony, he's, I'm asking him, like, who are you looking at? What's going on? And um, he was like, uh, yeah, I want to sign nines to Epic. But I actually laughed, because I thought it was such a funny concept. I said, you can never sign nines to Epic. Like, as, you know, certain record labels are for certain things. Yeah. That wouldn't have worked. And, you know, because, you know, Morgan's from our world. Yeah, 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 Him being epic really didn't make much sense as far as his, like, suitability. I think it was more because of Western, mm. which I'm sure he can work with amazing pop acts, but I'm sure his heart is in rap music. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, you know, like, sometimes your heart is just in that. Like, I could probably go make 10 pop records, but my heart would still be in this. Yeah. So because his heart's in it, he was like, man, I want to sign nines. <laughs> and then I kind of just was like, okay, well, they let you do that. And then he was like, no, actually, you should sign nines. But he was so dead serious. It yeah. was like the weirdest conversation ever. But because it was amazing. Like what A&R tells another A&R to sign something that they yeah. want to sign like it's weird. And then um, so Mo was like, you should sign Nines. And I was like, boy, I don't know. He's the only rapper I have never met. Like in the entire scene, <laughs> wow, yeah. I'd never met him. He's like this elusive weird character yeah. that you just don't know. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about Nines. And because I never met him, I don't know who this guy is from anyone else. And obviously, I'm a massive fan, but I can't just expect him to take a meeting with me. I wouldn't even know where to find him, (laughs) to be honest with you. So, unless I wanted to bop up to Church Road by myself. But anyways, so this is a Friday, like, literally Friday, like, 5 p.m. And Morgan's, and so Morgan said, think about it. So he walked out the door, and I must have called Ant, and I called Post. And I was, these are two people I go to about everything, Yeah. So I must have called them and I said, listen, Morgan's just suggested this to me. I think it's a good idea. What do you think? And they're both like, you have to do it. If, it. if it can, I don't know how you're going to do it. Yeah, but if, if you can you, make
0: it work. If you
1: can make it yeah. happen, that would be amazing. And their confidence in me, because I just didn't feel confident enough in myself to be able to do that. But their confidence in me made me think, I can actually do this. So I hit Morgan, I said, no more than 15 minutes after he's walked out the door. And I said, Morgan, bring him to my office if you can. Lo and behold, on Monday afternoon, Nines was in my office and playing me the version of one for out that he had. And it was so bizarre, because he was actually earlier than me. I wasn't even in my office when they arrived. They texted me and said, we're here. I'm like, what? You're where? I thought, "You know, rappers are always late. So anyways, so they've come now. We're just sitting in this exact same room. I must say, the dream is legendary, by the way. Apparently Drake sat on the sofa before. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Anyway, sorry, Drake Stan. Um, Anyway, so... we're sitting in here. He's playing me his version of the album. He's not really saying very much, as I wouldn't expect him to. But I kind of liked it, and I guess like because I've experienced, you know, working with some different types of artists, I'm not really like scared of him. Yeah. As you know, perception might be that you'd be afraid of him. I wasn't scared of him, and I think for him that was like a nice thing mm. because he is the most total opposite character to what you would think he is. Mm. Total opposite. He's one of the nicest people. I genuinely, genuinely kind-hearted people I know out of anyone. Like he's such a nice person, so then um, I just I linked him again. He came to to the office again. And I'm just thinking, oh, this guy is cool. Like, you know, we're just talking about different things. And when he's paying me the album, he's telling me he wants it out next week or some shit. I said, bro, this shit is covered in samples. There's absolutely no yeah, way yeah. this can be released. But I said, listen, let me just help you. I'll help you to. I'll bring one of my producers down, and we'll start working on the album before any conversation of me trying to sign him. Let's start working on the album, and we and we can take out some bits and help fix some bits and whatever, just to make it easier to release. And he must have DM'd me afterwards and been like, "Yo, regardless of what happens in this situation, I quite like you to be on my team Mm. because I just really like the way you think about things." And I thought that was like a massive thing to me because I was like, whoa, like, I haven't even said anything yet. But you've just said you want me to work with you, which is amazing. So we just we went to the studio straight away because we were already in the studio for Nujan. We're still working on it and getting in sessions, So we must have gone to the studio straight away and um, just started like fixing the music. I brought yeah. Jevin in, a couple of the other producers. He wanted to do a tune with Hassan I brought Hass in. Like it was just like it was so natural working together and his music taste is amazing. Mm. Like he actually has an exquisite knowledge of music too. Like, cause he's dj he, you know, he knows a lot about old stuff. Like, his music knowledge is is better than a lot of people's, So way better than mine. Yeah. So so we're just like having these great times in the studio and um just working on music and like I have my whole team there like and even and aunts there and his son's there and my niece is there. like And it's just like a great environment, yeah. productivity. So I realized this guy is just super cool. Like I actually I only want to work with people I genuinely like. I can't work with idiots. Yeah. I can't. Honestly, if you're actually an asshole, I'm not going to want to work. At, like quality of life is so important. Yeah, you don't
0: need the negativity, do you, to like cloud around you. and. It's just quality
1: of, of life. Like every day if there's some difficultness that's going on, it's going to aggravate you. Mm. I don't want to be aggravated. Like we have to actually live a normal life. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like he was actually making me feel challenged because I'm like, how are we going to fix this album? So the album that we end up with is a completely different version of that album. And then we um, obviously managed to get the deal done yeah, with a lot of help from people around us making it work. Um, but yeah, the deal got done. Um, I guess we announced it a few months after we'd actually done it. And people at this point still didn't even know that we knew each other because mm. like, we weren't posting around each other. So that's why it came as even more of a surprise. Like, people were genuinely gobsmacked to like, we do this post, this thing on Instagram, and me and him on Church Road signing the thing, like on leaned up on the map. People are like, what the fuck? You guys even know each other? Like, mm. How did this happen? So that was like a big moment, I guess. And then... We worked on it really quick, changed the entire album to be the album you hear now. Like V one of the album is so so sick, but obviously it's just back to front samples and obviously sounds all like demos. But I do listen to it from time to time. But it's um, but yeah. So then that that one happened, and then I guess we um released both the albums at the start of this year, two weeks between each other, which was a bit mental. So the new gen album dropped, I think last week of January. The nineties album dropped second week of February. Yeah. And obviously the new Gen one, I wasn't expecting it to do anything crazy because, Mm. you know, it's a concept that people don't really understand yet. But it was really fun and I think it was quite impactful. Um, You know, and we had a lot of support on that. And then obviously the Nines album, like we didn't know what it was going to do. He's never sold a piece of music in his life. Like he's got bare mixtapes. He's put them all out for free. So he's never sold something. So even, you know, we were all nervous. Even with
0: like a solid fan base. We didn't know what was was going to happen.
1: And so we, Beyonce dropped it earlier than we were going to drop it which is funny like uh, another long story but we end up dropping it early and dropping it out of the blue like we announced it at 8 p.m the day before it dropped yeah. the internet went insane mm. and then the album hit number four in the charts that week which was just like mind-blowing to all of us like this is like my second album but obviously in my first year of working yeah. and, it's, and it's got a top five and so you know for me i was just so happy for him like i honestly was so happy for him because this is like you're actually back like you're, you're an official your yes yeah. this is an official thing now you're actually back in an official position and it's like yeah man it was just an amazing moment but it is the world is crazy basically mm. that was a really long story you only asked me that one question one question and I, and I just told you the whole story that's something you've put I, the, the amazing thing all is, your questions right
0: you, you literally answered at least the first half of my questions which is well, you know, amazing um, media trained what can yeah, i say exactly but yeah, so I just want to touch on a couple of things because you've mentioned, obviously, Ant and Posty quite a lot. Yeah. And some other people. Yeah. So how important was it for you? Did, you? did you go to those guys and seek them as a kind of mentor or did it just happen? And how important was it for you to have those people around you while you build your career?
1: Um, I don't think, to be honest, it was intentional with either of them. Like Ant came in. I think Ant is amazing because he recognises... People that are really hustling very early on. Like, he is a not only is he good at finding new artists, he's good at finding new execs and new yeah. business people, like young. So, I guess he did that to me. Like, mm. he found me. I didn't find Ant. Like, I remember we interviewed P- PW, which was an artist he used to manage on Rick radio show. And after that day, I, I've known Ant, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah. that's how long it's been. And, and um, he was just giving me a lot of advice and helped me a lot. And I think, you know, without him, I would never be in this position. No way. I would have made some terrible mistakes. And I feel like that, fortunately for me, is is a lot down to what I've been able to do. Yeah. It's because of him. Like, even the nine still would never have happened without Ant. You know, like, Ant knows some people. There's nines as people. And that would never have got over the line without mm. him. Do you know what I'm saying? So he was he's massively important to my everyday life like I don't like some days if he's like mad busy or some shit he's getting married right now so he's like not texting me and I'm just like hitting him like are you alive Are you okay (laughs) because that's like you know that's how much I rely on him and it's the same thing with post like post after Pierre left um GRM um he was running the company by himself and you know he had trusted me to do so much at such a young age and no one else would have trusted me to do that you know we used to buy heads a lot but, you know, it's one of my best friends. So he he taught me so much, and allowed me so much confidence to be able to grow. Like we thought of the rated awards one, one time mm. as a joke. Like it wasn't a joke, but it was like not serious. Like it mm. was like an Instagram awards. Yeah. Like we just like put a poll on the Twitter because we were just trying to think of cool ways to engage. We put a poll on the website, like it was a website competition. Yeah. And then the winners and nominations were getting announced via our Instagram. There was, you know, we always were like, trying to think of new cool ways to do things. And then the Raid Awards has now turned into one of the most important events in our scene from me and Posty joking around on Instagram. So you see what I'm trying to say? Like like these things, they start from somewhere. And it's like, if I wasn't allowed both those opportunities, um, GRM particularly, I would never have known any of the artists. Never. Like without that, I probably wouldn't even be in music because it's, it's, that angle, that path was so random. But, you know, I thank God for it because... Yeah, without those guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't learn anything. I would have made quadruple the amount of mistakes. I made better mistakes, but I would have yeah. made a lot more if had I not been with them. It's, it's definitely helped me a lot. Like I, I always think like, you know, you can be mature and you can be confident or whatever, but you don't, you haven't lived life. Like I haven't at age twenty two. What life have I lived? Do you know what I mean? Like I've experienced mm. a lot, but I haven't experienced as much as someone that's ten years older than me yeah. or someone that's been in the game since day one. Like, yeah, I've been schooled to death. Like I've been schooled. Every Mm. time I make a mistake, I get schooled. To this day, if I make a mistake, Post will ring me and be like, Caroline, what did you do that for? Mm. That's stupid, you know. Why would you do that? But he'll bring... You know, there's certain people around you who'll bring you up on things where no one else will. Yeah,
0: they'll educate you and pick you up on those things. But
1: it's it's, it's good because it's like sometimes you can reach... I'm not saying I'm any sort of level, yeah, but you can reach a point where people are like, tell you like everything you do is great or they just don't tell you things that you've done that's bad. But those two will be the first people to tell me, listen, Caroline, like... "Mm." You need to do this. You need yeah. to do it properly. You need to do this differently. Do you yeah. know what I'm trying to say? So, it's um, yeah, it's definitely been paramount to me.
0: Sweet, and like you mentioned earlier, that you know, being brought into GRM and being made the editor, mm-hmm. and people looking at you again—it's a white girl from Surrey mm-hmm. in head, of, like, in charge of one of the most important urban music websites, Cezza mm-hmm. Like, and there's obviously a lot of discussions around sort of female representation mm-hmm. in the music industry, especially in the UK probably ever else as well to be honest like have you come across any struggles like from that side of things or has everything kind of been plain sailing just because you've kind of done what you wanted to do
1: what well, as a female or being young or being white well, as everything
0: everything that like, any any sort of you know preconceived you know you know something that can potentially stop someone's career do you, know from furthering. What, do you know
1: what here let me let me tell you this the race thing is something that i'll never ever take personally or whatever it is because there's a lot more people that go through a lot more mm. shit than me being told that i'm a white girl i'm sorry that's mm. not deep at all and i would never use that and say it's a deep troubling thing that's upset me mm. people have used it against me mm. but it can tell you it's not even it's not even a millionth of what of what black people going through every single Mm. day as far as you know you see the shit that's going on in the world it's crazy and it's extremely racist so i would never ever for a minute say that that's something that i can even call an issue you know there's an extreme amount of white privilege in every situation including the music industry so that's something which you know i would like you know always park to a side it's not that deep Mm. nothing is that deep it's generally more people will say things like that as a thing but it's not it's not what they actually mean. They're just like confused as to how you can be yeah, somewhere yeah, when maybe they're not somewhere or, you know, it's people, were are humans. So that's not an issue. I'm just like, the female thing obviously is affecting me. Like, I don't, I never saw it and I never even believed it's a real thing. But it is, it's not, but, you know, at the same time, I always feel like, you know, as a female, I try to even tell girls that doesn't exist. Because once you get it in your head yeah, that it exactly. exists... You create an issue out of it, Mm. and that's where the issue starts.
0: It's inception, isn't it? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Like, you create an issue out of it. The more you believe it, the more you feel like someone is picking on you because you're a girl. No, they're picking on you because you're probably not as good as your job as someone else. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. yes, you do get moved to. Yes, guys are disgusting. Yes, all these situations happen. But, like, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen either. The female shit is definitely bad, and people will try to take advantage. They'll do mad things. But you have to stand up for who you are. Like if you're, if you, if you getting called bossy or whatever, who gives a fuck? Be bossy. Who gives a shit? Like if you want to be, if you want to be a bit stush because guys are moving too, fine. Be stush. At least they will respect you. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you have to, you know, you go through and you make mistakes or whatever. But it's like, it's like you have to be the best. If you want to be the best, you got to compete with the same mindset as a man has. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like my my state of mind is that regardless of gender, um, sexual orientation, where you're from, whatever this is, race, anything like you have to focus on being the best. That's what I focus Mm. on, being the best at what I do and helping the people around me. That's it. Being Mm. clean hearted. That's what I focus on. All that other nonsense is real. Don't get twisted. It's real. But when you have good people around, you won't feel as bad. Mm. You won't feel it. You like just have to be
0: blind to it. Yeah, it's like you said about you know, once you get that in your head and you start sort of worrying about it, you do make it a thing for yourself rather than just focusing on what you can do and doing the best for yourself to achieve the things you want to achieve, which you know, as most people will testify, mm-hmm. is possible, very possible. Mm-hmm. Um but on on that and, and wanting to be the best, like who who was your or is your biggest influence, or whose career would you like to emulate?
1: I don't know, like, I guess probably I haven't done my research on every single music mogul in the scene, like, in the entire world or whatever.
0: Yeah, to calling yourself a mogul, yeah.
1: That's what I want to be one day. <laughs> like, to be honest, you know what it is? I want to leave a mark on culture. Yeah. Like, I think that's what we should all strive for, leaving a mark on culture. Like, you know, money and all these things is great, but it's like, you want to have a legacy. Mm-hmm. You want to, like, to be honest with you, in recent years, like, my main goal is to be happy. Because, listen, if... If suddenly in like five years, whatever, this music shit is wearing down my soul to the point that I'm depressed, I'm going to dip, you know, Mm. like it's nothing is that deep to ruin your life. Mm. Honestly, I enjoy it still. So for the time being that I enjoy it and I want to do things then I will do it for the from the moment that I'm not enjoying it, I will be out. And that's the honest truth because there's a million more people that are coming up and doing shit and are going to change this world too. And it's like your happiness is the number one priority. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Mm. you can't be out here living upset, stressed, anxiety, depression because of music or the music business, sorry. What the fuck is that? Like, what is that? Honestly, everything in life has to make you happy. Like I've got ambitions of doing mad random other shit. Like I want to have a hotel. I want to open a crepe restaurant. Random shit, like honestly. So it's like, I know what I, I know what I feel like my mission is to do It's to help people coming through in music in the music, in the music business, in, in new platforms, in whatever it is, help to create stars. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And when I feel like I've achieved that, then that's something else, but it's like, I can't tell you where I'm going to be in like 10, 20 years, 30 years or whatever. I just know that whatever I'm going to do, I want to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. I want to, to strive for excellence. Music moguls, I look at, you know, I look at who everyone else looks at. I look at Diddy, I find it inspirational. I look at even DJ Khaled, like, he's got Empire's Epic. Like, all these people, like, they're so dope. That's who we have to look at. I mean, in the UK as well, don't get it twisted, there's some really fucking sick people in the UK as well who are amazing at their jobs. Like, amazing. Like, when I see Glenn, he's been at a and for, like, 20 years. And he's a and some of the best in the game. Like, that's amazing, inspirational. I see people like Ricky Blue, you won't even know, but he's got the sickest roster in music. You don't even know who he's got on his roster. Mm. But, but that's how quietly you can move and be so sick. My thing is, you've got to make moves in silence. That's what I learned. That's what my number one thing has been making moves in silence. People only see a quarter of what's really going on, and that's how it should be. Yeah. All the rest of it, not everyone needs to know. People don't like people that do a lot. And that's fine because we're human. Do you know what I mean? Everyone achieves at different, at different times, at different rates. Measures of success are relative and different for every single person. Like, honestly, I think it's amazing if you work in McDonald's, but all you ever want to do is be the boss of McDonald's or the mm. manager and you can achieve that. Like, that's inspirational because you've actually thought, I'm going to do this. Do you know what I mean? And you've done it. So it's not about, it's not about like, oh, you want to be a multi-millionaire because everyone says they want to be a millionaire by the time they're mm. 25. Lord, I've probably said it. But it's like all these things are just different we have different measures of success now so it's just yeah i don't know man i just want to i just want to do the dopest shit that's it
0: yeah and then just just touching on you know what you're saying the importance of like having like happiness in your work like what what do you do because obviously your career isn't just your career it's almost like your life and your lifestyle so it's very much all encompassing like all consuming right like, what do you do to like step out of that and have moments for yourself like you know some people make sure they exercise four times a week or some people meditate every day or whatever it is do you do anything like that to i'm learning,
1: I'm, I'm learning. like it's mad difficult i'm not gonna lie to you like it's really difficult one thing i've started doing which i didn't do last year and i think it drove me to a point of insanity last year was um i've started taking weekends mm. uh even if i you know sometimes do some bits of work like last year i was ev- i took it so serious like as in every day i'm in the studio every yeah. night i'm in the studio you can't maintain a decent quality of life like that, yeah. honestly. Well I even yeah.
0: remember us having conversations and you're like, Oh, I'm so sick and every time we speak to you, like, I'm I'm you're Ill. sick every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't I don't mean I don't get sick like that anymore. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I was just run down and on my mind was yeah. too crazy. And it's like, you know, I have relationships to uphold that I wasn't upholding before, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like now my priorities are a bit different. As I tell you, my priority now is happiness. Yeah. I can't be happy if I'm if I'm stressed, if I'm miserable, if I'm unwell, if I'm being rude to people around me, if I don't see my family, if I don't see my friends, yeah. if I don't maintain relationships like that does not going to make me happy anymore. So as your goals change, that's how my life's changing. So weekends now I try to chill and do nothing to point where I'm extremely extremely bored so that I can come back to Monday and work Monday to Friday at a high high level and then Saturday and Sunday cuz I used to work Monday to Sunday at an okay level.
0: Yeah. Now I
1: work Monday to fr- Friday high level and, and do what I want on a mm. weekend. Do you know what I mean? And I'm trying to take more, I'm trying to take more little trips. I go to Paris, go Amsterdam, you know, Morocco, wherever it is, little things to escape the the loudness of the UK. Yeah, You go away and you see some things and you experience some life and you get re-inspired. And, um, I feel like, yeah, traveling is definitely one for me, but people, people who can't do that, like honestly going to the gym helps me a lot. Like I train a lot with my friends, Lucy, um, she's, she's another person actually that was really like always tells me like, if you are, if you're disciplined with how you eat and h- how you train, then everything else will be fine. And she sticks, lives by it. And yeah. I see it in her life. Do you know what I mean? And so I've tried to start implementing that into my life. It's difficult because it's not easy to eat at the right times or eat fucking 120 grams of protein a day, which I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. Awful. Um, and it's difficult to train all those times a week when you have shit to do at night time or whatever it is. So I think like, um, that's what i'm learning to do i want to get into meditation i was actually asking richard russell the other day because um he's like huge on meditation he Mm. meditates like uh, 40 minutes a day or something Mm. and and he we were discussing he was saying how difficult it is so i might just try and take some more tips off him i've also started reading as well now i never Mm. used to read before but i'm like why wouldn't i read like i Mm. can read i'm literate and you know Mm. intelligent enough like, why would I not mm. read? And There's so
0: much to learn in books. And there's as well. so much
1: to learn, so it's like I start with I'm starting now like with things that I find enjoyable. Like I'm reading Kevin Hart's book right now. Um, I've read, uh, recently read a book about Jay Z. I read like different things like that because there mm. people figures who I look up to, and so yeah, I guess those are kind of my things right now.
0: That's cool. That's good. It's important as well because I think a lot of people do get consumed by working and feeling like you have to work all the time every day you don't every man that's a lie that's a con yeah. honestly
1: people who are like team no sleep yeah they're the worst people in the world they're yeah. tricking and social media is making everyone think they have to do this stupid shit they don't like yeah yeah that that grind don't stop shit and and like team no sleep and yeah work all your life away gang like are you going to be happy when you're 40 and you've worked your whole life away and you have no friends and no family i don't think you will be yeah. to be real you got to manage your time better you know like where we think oh I don't have time to do this or I don't have time to do that you have time to do fucking everything I promise you all you have to do is manage your days better manage your hours better not sit on your phone as much and be actually disciplined if you're disciplined you can fit everything you want into one day how can you tell your mom oh I don't want to see I can't see you that day I'm too busy it's yeah. your mom she gave birth to you what's, what's wrong with you do you know what I mean and these are things that I'm learning too so yeah I guess it's a process
0: yeah and, and what's been your most inspiring moment so far
1: that's inspired me yeah er uh, i don't know it's quite hard to say i don't really know what's inspired me to be honest people around me inspire me like the stuff that they do and how they how they achieve like that inspires me when i see people who are working working smarter around me that inspires me like i see people all the time Like say like for example sincere he's like one of the most inspirational dudes when i hang around with him or like even like I say, the people I roll with, Posty, mm. Anthony, like when they're hungry and they want it, like Ricky Blue, like when when you've been in the game for a long time, but you're still hungry, that inspires me because, mm. you know, sometimes you've been in a game for a long time and you're just fucking bored. You're like, oh, I'm over it. You don't work as hard. You're not as in, 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 interested or as engaged. Like people who have been in the game for a long time, but still working harder than people who I know who had just entered the game, that inspires me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sick. That's that, that's that I said. It's good to surround yourself with those kind of people because it comes back onto you doesn't it mm. um, okay so i've got last few questions for you first of all what's next for you
1: we're working on uh nines's next album right now um and we're working on the next new gen album right now and you know i'm looking at some other things we just you know we just started the new gen imprint at XL, which is obviously a massive honor um to be able to have an imprint inside such an amazing establishment um We've got some big plans for next year as well. With the We had to reschedule the Coco show, but we've got some big things we're going to do around that. So just kind of like planning, to be honest, right now, just planning a lot. And, and this is the time period where it's very behind the scenes. Like next year we'll be in, in front of the scenes. Mm. Yeah, I think it goes on and off like that. Yeah. Like you have one year that where you're out and about, one year where you're just working, working, working. So yeah. that's kind of what we're in, planning phase.
0: Yeah. Well, you see it with artists, don't you? Like artists will come out and they'll be all over the place and then they'll tuck themselves away to work on an album exactly. and then they'll be out again everywhere you can't get rid of them kind of exactly. like from, you know your Twitter feeds your radio whatever um, exactly um, okay so if we could wind back time mm-hmm. to your pre-Choice FM <laughs> days three um, what three th- what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing and what one bit of advice would you give yourself to stop doing that's
1: hard to start doing, uh, I would start writing shit down. To be honest, like my memory is very bad. Like I actually think I've got a memory problem. Like, I could, I cannot tell you what I even ate for dinner yesterday. Like I don't know. So that's my number one thing. Like write down these experiences because I kind of have a, I kind of use Instagram as like a diary. But mm. obviously, because I just see, I remember remind myself things that I've experienced. But um, but obviously that not everything goes in there so i would write start writing things down um the next thing is what i start doing and i'd probably start getting some more sleep probably um and then i'm trying to think what other things i would tell myself to do i don't know i probably i wouldn't don't think i would tell myself to do anything else i mm. feel like i did a lot and i wouldn't maybe i would do less yeah. I don't know, maybe not time myself out so much. Um yeah, I don't know. Shit, okay. it's just it's difficult to think that because you don't know what it was that what what it was that you could do and what how that would change what your yeah. lane was. And maybe I should have been at school more, but then that wouldn't have really helped me, so I yeah. don't know. Um and then I guess something that I wouldn't do?
0: Something to stop doing. Yeah.
1: Something to stop doing. I don't know. I don't think I have any of those either, but I only say it because it's like when you start messing with, you know, these sort of things, if you went back in time and changed shit, you don't know where yeah. you would or you wouldn't be. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So like, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty cool with what I didn't, I didn't yeah. do. I would only just write things down now because I'm so forgetful that I'm sure there's a lot of random memories, which I don't understand. Yeah. Or don't exist to me anymore. Yeah. So I guess that's it really.
0: Okay. So and sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah. And sleep. Fucking hell. <laughs> sleep. Definitely.
0: And okay. last question. Uh, what is your ultimate happiness goal?
1: <laughs> don't even know, to be honest with you. I don't know. I just want my family to be cool. I want, yeah, I want everyone around me to be looked after. Obviously, I want to be able to live life in a certain type of way, but it's like, you know, sometimes those things can make you too comfortable. you got to stay a little bit on the edge. Like, I don't know if, if I lived life like, you know, if I was like a millionaire or some shit, would I still work as hard as I work now? Would I still be thinking how I'd be thinking now? I have no idea. So, I don't really know at, at this point now. I just want to still be inspired. I want to still be challenged. I want to still... Deal with new things. I want to learn new shit. I think it's all just about learning, and that's when you stay happy. It's only when you're bored mm. and you're unmotivated. Yeah, that's it. I want to help to inspire people and young people that they can actually do shit too, and not to think that you know their voices won't be heard or whatever it is. I'm a testament to it. I've worked every single job. I've feel like I've done everything. I've had a lot of fallouts with people, the same way that I've had a lot of relationships with people, um, and and you know that yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, the shit is just so difficult. It's so difficult. And, like, whatever people's pre are about you, whatever they are, like, it really doesn't matter. Mm. Like, all this stuff is just you have to do you and, like, work for you and work for the people around you and work for your family and make things happen and everything else is whatever, honestly. Yeah. No one's opinions pay your bills. you just mm. got to focus on yourself. That's it. Nice End of message.
0: End of message. That's a strong end of message. I love that. Hope so. Um, all right, so before we wrap up, can you let the people know where they can find you online and keep up to date with your moves um, or a quarter of your moves as you said.
1: a quarter my instagram's at caroline smx and my twitter is at caroline sm my snapchat's private because you know you got to have something to yourself and that's that's really about it
0: sweet cool well thanks for having me well thanks for joining me like i love you know a your work b your work rate your message that you get across you know your your vision your focus it's thank all very man. inspiring and I hope a lot of people listening can take a lot from that and take little bits of it for themselves and and learn from it even though you did answer the longest first question in the world Sorry, ever I just thought I'd save you the <laughs> <save you laughs> no it was asking. good it was good like I literally wrote down most of the stuff that you you covered in that anyway so fabulous it's all good
1: fabulous thank you Big so, yeah it's
0: been a pleasure thank you So there we have it guys that's caroline's story as i said at the very start it's an amazing story and you can tell from her you know very detailed answer to my very first question how much she cares about what she does and how passionate she is and how that really shines through even just when you speak to her a bit for five minutes half an hour whatever and you meet her you know she carries this amazing energy and you know, she's she's one of these people that's very inspiring to be around because she's so dedicated and passionate about her work. So I'm hoping there's a lot you guys could take from that. There's certainly a lot I learned just sitting there talking to Karen Lan. as I've said, I've I've followed her journey over a number of years now. And to see her go on leaps and bounds and grow and become this amazing, you know, figure within the UK urban music scene is is incredible to, to watch. And, you know, to, to see it from afar has been a great thing. So if you've got any more questions, guys, as always, you can hit me up on Twitter at IamAlexManzi or at DreamersPod. You can also head over to the Instagram, DreamersDisease underscore podcast. You can leave comments, let me know what you guys think, because it's great to connect with you guys and understand what you think about the episodes, what you like, you know, what type of guests you'd like to hear more of, etc, etc. So thanks for locking into this episode. And most importantly, go out there and chase your dreams.